0: to the real point podcast my name's connor
1: my name's freya
0: the purpose of this podcast is to examine good double features so to take two films to find out what they have in common where they differ what their similarities are what themes concepts ideas morals that they all have in common and to find out what works and what doesn't and to find out if it's a good double feature for you
1: so listen to our podcast and enjoy
0: to part two a movie that I'm actually if I'm being completely honest not looking forward to talking about in massive depth
1: yeah I I love this film like I do I don't love it okay I know you don't (laughs) Um, I
0: still think it's a good movie I don't Um, I don't love it though
1: I don't love it as much as The Wicker Man but um, I do think it is a very good American telling yeah I mean it's, it's,
0: I feel like I'm going to have to keep clarifying this constantly anyway like this movie is fine this movie is enjoyable and it is well, it is well made um, I just don't love it um, and there are a lot of things that stop me from loving it which I'm sure we'll sort of go into detail on anyway yes. so um,
1: what is the film we're talking about? It's
0: Midsommar um, from 2019 directed by Ari Aster written by Ari Aster and um, with music by Bobby Krillick um, going by the name Bobby Krillick um, although some people may know him better as Hacks and Cloak um, or The Hacks and Cloak if I was to make any suggestion straight out the gate it's that you all stop what you're doing um, and you go and listen to um, Excavations or just the self-titled record by The Hacks and Cloak I've been listening to him for years and it makes for great reading music um, especially if you also read a lot of horror books I think it's great
1: um, I think, yeah, I think the music's a big part, obviously. The music's a big
0: part, um, a big part that I'm a, a big fan of. Yeah, but, um, a
1: big part of, obviously, The Wicker Man was the yeah. music, and I think to talk about the music and this sort of film is yeah. a big thing, and obviously that was a great choice of musicians yeah, um, to use for...
0: because uh, the music in the film um, isn't really too far off the kind of music that he done um for the self titled record. Um is very it's very much the same kind of music. Um the excavations E P is completely different. It sounds like it's been recorded under like sixty feet of water. Um, but the the Hacks and Cloak self titled is more it sounds just more like a Midsummer soundtrack. Like yeah. it's very um more instrumental based than anything else. It's not just sort of ambient noise and um
1: yeah, uh, but i do think the big difference difference between music and the wicker man is it is more instrumental
0: yes um but still just as traditional yes yeah. um that flavor is there um but we'll get to the music yeah, I, I guess we just yes. go ahead and just talk about it so i guess Ari Aster kind of came to relative notoriety with hereditary um mm-hmm. which got a lot of very positive press um to be honest, probably a little bit more negative in just the way that, um, the way we seen Hereditary was very bad, because it was a crowded cinema, uh, full of people who were going on the critique from the poster that said it was this generation's exorcist, and I think a lot of people expected traditional jump-scary mm-hmm. demons yes. possession, and to be honest, like Hereditary is that, um, but less so. Um, yes. Hereditary, and I guess we might even talk about this in a later episode, but Hereditary is a perfectly fine movie that falls off in the last third because... It decides to go all in on a supernatural bent that really kind of shouldn't have been there. Yes. The scariest stuff in Hereditary is the normal human emotion stuff.
1: Of course, um, and I think I think Hereditary and which we'll talk about in yeah. Midsummer as well yeah. is it's, it's more of event. a it's, it's a grief horror. Film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Midsummer is a grief horror film as well, but obviously it plays itself as a folk horror, and that's yes. why we're, um, we're sort of talking about it. much
0: that. to my contention at times. But we'll get into that. Yeah. So. I guess we just kind of go starting in, and, and I guess one thing um, before we get started is that this is the second time we're watching this movie and um, we've seen it the first time in the theatre um, with a much better crowd than it was for uh, Hereditary I'll oh, say that yeah, much yeah. Um, but and again this is probably something that's going to come up quite a lot depending on what sort of um, films you decide to cover for future episodes but um, the difference between seeing a movie like this in theatres versus watching it at home is something completely different um, Midsummer for me um, Especially in the opening fifteen minutes, is um, without real sort of exaggeration or mincing words or anything, probably one of the scariest and most full frontal assaulting things I've ever had to sit through in my life. Yes. Um, it's genuinely awful. It's terrifying. It's uh, it's genuine. It's it's just it's terrible. It's yeah. awful. Um, but then that is the sort of, kind of contrast to watching it in a theatre versus at home. But I'll, we'll sort of talk about this as it sort of comes yeah, up.
1: Definitely differences in the introduction yes. from The Wicker Man. Yes, absolutely. We'll talk about um, that, but... There
0: is no um, <laughs> gentle songs to lure you into a false sense of security. It starts off with The Tapestry, um, which sort of foreshadows, well, doesn't even foreshadow anything, it actually just tells you everything that's going to happen mm. in the entire movie. Um, the tapestry splits in two and then we get um, lots of wide shots of forests in winter yep. um, before aggressively cutting to the sound of a phone ringing as it zooms in slowly on someone's house are
1: we doing a short the short story of like what
0: Midsummer is oh that's or true yeah into... um, I guess yeah, um, yeah do you want to sum up
1: yeah well it's, it's about the lead played by the Florence, Florence Pugh Pew? Pew, um, whose name is Danny in the film um, she is obviously struggling at the time when it begins yep. Um. her sister it's made me very clear that she suffers from bipolar um, she's very worried about her sister Um. you learn straight off the cuff that her boyfriend is pretty much a dick <laughs> uh,
0: there are about, I think by the end of it I think I must have counted six times in my notes where I just wrote the line, Christian <laughs> is a knob Yeah. Um. and Christian is a knob
1: yeah so it's basically about she's going through a lot of stuff by herself, Christian and his friends aren't very helpful at all, his, his friends really don't like Danny. Um, they have decided themselves that without her, they're going to go to the Swedish festival that is one of their friends from university, is from the village, um, to the Midsummer Festival. Um, and that's basically the basis of the yeah. story the plot and then obviously without giving too much away that is what Midsummer is yeah. about
0: and this is what Ari Aster consistently calls a breakup movie um whether or not I'd call it that is something completely different but again I keep saying this but this is something that will sort of come up as we sort of go on but yeah um so then we sort of get into the intro sort of as you said um we sort of meet danny and realize what her sort of mental state is like anyway obviously she doesn't do very well anyway she has her own problems too uh, on top of like just having to deal with her sister and dealing with her boyfriend yes. and she's pretty pretty set on the fact that um it's kind of coming towards an end anyway and that he's just looking for an excuse to see it yeah. um we learn from all these horrible friends well one horrible friend in particular um two of the others are actually not too bad at least um is it Mark who's played by the guy from The Good Place yes Mark Um, he's he's indifferent
1: he's more just sort of there bothered about his studies yeah that is it he he is the person that is just and Pell is kind of a good guy Pell is the friend that is from the village yes
0: um Um, so we meet them we meet Danny and then obviously um sort of as that the scene sort of concludes with um Christian his friends in the diner and um Mark the horrible friend is trying to tell him that he just needs to break up with her um, to which Danny calls and then the cue the worst scene in the movie yeah, the yeah. most horrific scene in the entire movie um, so
1: just before that the, the the beginning of the film is massively different from Wickham Man, as you said yeah 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 there's no cheering music. There's no nice landscapes. Well, there um, is. It's just all snowy. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. no. There's no colourful ish. Because yeah. it's still sort of bleak at the start of the book. about yeah, Like very, it yeah. is just green, green yeah. land and stuff. Um, but in this, it is complete grey. Yes, it is yeah. It's monochrome. It's snow. Snow is a massive thing from the start of the film. Yeah. Um, so you see all of that, and then Q, the worst scene. Yeah, the worst ever. scene. Um. Which is the first time you sort of see colour.
0: Yeah, and it's mostly just red and blue. It's red and blue. it's from the, the police yes, uh, lights. Yes, which is a
1: massive... This, this goes throughout the film. Red, yeah. um, blue is a massive colour throughout. Yeah, but the red and blue lights are a big jump. Yeah. And yes, the, oh, the scene... The, just,
0: the suicide homicide.
1: It's just... So at the start, you, you do see Danny's mum and dad in bed. But mm. you sort of would assume they're, secret, they're just yeah. asleep. Um, until obviously the the fire department are coming in yeah which says a lot if it's a fire department yeah. coming into a the house and it's something big you obviously see the cars that are in the garage turned on full yeah um and the tubes going from the cars upstairs and it's the slowness of this
0: yeah um it's almost like a sort of something that probably happens quite a bit in this movie as well as when things are quite slow, they tend to feel like it's quite ethereal. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost does kind of feel a bit dreamlike and weird, um, yeah. which is obviously the intention.
1: But it's yeah. The, so they follow the tubes all the way upstairs very slowly. You first see the parents' room. Yeah. Which has been taped over at the bottoms, obviously, for t- for the gas going into the rooms, so they've obviously been killed in their sleep and then probably the worst part of the whole thing is when it turns in the hall and you see her sister's room yeah um who has taped the the, the very vivid like the colors yeah. and the thing the, the tubes are yellow yeah um and they're taped to her mouth
0: yeah
1: um and then it switches very clearly back to Danny obviously grieving yeah. massively on our sofa with her boyfriend who doesn't really seem to have any emotional like
0: he doesn't really know what to do he just seems to
1: be there um, throughout this emotional break that she's obviously having it's not very comforting as a a main thing
0: and there's just a very slow zoom as it eventually kind of zooms out to the window with the snow in the background and then the title comes up Um, I've highlighted at this point that I mean this is something that's going to come up all the time anyway but the music in this scene is particularly good Um. And again, this kind of brings me up to the first thing in terms of the difference between watching it at home and watching it in a theater. Um, at home, it was a much more kind of muted feeling. But watching it in the theater for the first time, um, when you have like you know giant speakers mm-hmm. and um, a massive screen in front of you, um, it was genuinely one of the most difficult scenes I've ever had to watch in anything for a very long time. Oh yes, um, the music is, is yeah. loud. The crying is loud. Mm-hmm. It really, um, it really sets your teeth on edge. Um, and it's I mean,
1: very yeah, consuming. It's it is, yeah. It makes you feel short of breath. Yes, like
0: absolutely.
1: Um, I have highlighted that because you talked about the credits. Obviously, come mm. up. Um, that's still in the monochrome, like yeah. backdrop. But the credits are very minimal. They are at like the yeah. beginning. credits they are, yeah. they are so minimal, especially even just the text that says Midsummer. Yeah,
0: it's also tiny. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, also it's very tiny. Small. tiny it's tiny not.
1: It doesn't needs to be this massive thing because later on in the film when it comes to the festival obviously they've got signs for Midsummer yep. Festival anyway so that's not needed yet um,
0: but after the title comes up it um, and again, this, is, this is something I think that works in the film's credit quite a lot um, is that the moment the title card is finished it's actually a straight cut straight to broad daylight it's like the middle of summer um, yes yes, it's a city, it's colour. a city shot a city establishing shot um, the sun is out the sky is blue there's like not a cloud in sight and it is aggressively warm like <laughs> yeah. um, which and... is a big thing for a horror movie to, yeah. do, um, to be set in broad daylight and yeah. that's something that persists throughout the entire I think, movie I
1: think with this it sets up like it's not going to be like that yeah. it sets up like it's going to be a bleak bleak yeah. film in colour wise yeah um, but it's really not it's, yeah. this is the first sort of array of colour you get massively yeah um, also one of the biggest things is when so it cuts to Danny in her bed. Yeah. And there's a huge bear painting. Yes. Above above her card, bed. at yeah. uh, the bear with the crown. Um bears are a massive symbolism in this. Mm. Mostly just as a setup for what's to come there's a um, lot of
0: foreshadowing to literally everything in this yes, entire movie Yes,
1: I um, mean you could say the Wicker Man there's foreshadowing but there is. not to the extent of like mid-summer. No. if you look at any paint in tapestry or any drawing yeah. throughout this whole film there's something that foreshadows something yeah. that's about to come um, like,
0: whether or not that's your kind of thing I guess depends on who you are um, I don't mind it I think it's quite neat I do quite like having things to be able to watch again and sort of notice little Mm -hmm. things. In fact, there's a big one later on that we'll talk about when we get to it. But um, I I don't mind things like that, but sometimes I would quite like to have some things left up to the imagination a little bit. There are a lot of points in this movie that are not spoiled, but they're foreshadowed so heavily that it actually kind of becomes a bit tiresome.
1: Yes, you kind of have to always be on the lookout or there's yeah. always something put in your face yeah is, there's a lot of scenes actually there's something that comes up later on that is something that is literally like put right in your face yeah. about what's going to happen um that happens on a, yeah. a lot of occasions but um yeah so from there it's after this very tiresome like i say tiresome as it like takes it kind of out you buy, yeah, yeah, it's by yeah by the start of the film you're you're quite exhausted you realize the extent of the grief that danny's going through and then straight away it's danny's boyfriend turns up when yep. she's asleep and he's like i'm just gonna go gonna to a party. party for
0: 45 minutes and it's like <laughs> he <laughs> doesn't not...
1: say like oh i won't go he yeah. just says oh, i'll just go for 45, 45 minutes. minutes and straight away she sort of feels like she needs to go yeah and um, so she gets up straight away and sort of goes to this party it's it's clearly a relationship that isn't for each other's health isn't on the same level. Like yep. they're not supporting each other in the, the in the same way. Um so yeah, so straight away they sort of at this party they talk about the Midsummer Festival. Yep. Um so it is what is the name of the the friend? The dick friend. No no no, the friend from the village. Oh uh,
0: Pe- Pell or Pelle. Pell
1: Pelle. Um he is obviously talking about the Midsummer Festival. Yeah. Danny's never heard of this so that's yep. another thing well she's Steph.
0: disassociating through this entire thing yeah. like she only kind of like chimes in at like
1: the last yes, sort of minute but um so she doesn't know anything about this yeah. and obviously the boyfriend has made plans to already go um so they talk about this festival that is mid-June and July so the Midsummer Festival um they set up the friend's roles really quickly so you have Mark the asshole the mob, friend yeah. Um, that clearly only wants to go just for the women. Yeah, he makes that very clear. Um, you have Josh that straight away says he wants to go for his thesis. Yeah, that's all he really wants to go for. And then you obviously have Danny's boyfriend that doesn't really say much, but the fact that he wants to go.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Josh kind of succinctly sort of puts the nail on the head. Um, sort of pre-title card in the movie where he says when they're sort of discussing what he's going to do in terms of. Whether or not he stays or breaks up with Danny, um, Josh says that he's kind of using that Josh? whole thing. Yeah, Josh.
1: Oh, yeah, Josh. Yes, yeah. sorry. Um,
0: he's using that whole thing as an excuse to um, sort of take away from the fact that he doesn't know what his thesis is going to be yes. about and what he's going to do with his education yes. and stuff as well. Um, the I, I'm not entirely sure if it's Christian's place or Danny's place. Probably Christian's. I'm not sure. They go back to his place after that, and I've sort of noted this. This only comes up. I don't know if I've maybe not noted any more instances of it happening but when they turn up at Christian's place um, Danny sort of stands at the door, in the door frame and there's a mirror right next to it in which we see Christian's reflection as they have this back and forth conversation about how um, he's going and that she didn't, he didn't say anything to her and all this very awkward conversation that I think every sort of couple's had at some point or another where it's like uh, what was it she says where um, you said you're sorry but it sounds like too bad yeah. Um, and that kind of conversation and it's like you know anybody who's ever been through that will probably f- sort of feel that quite a bit um, to which then obviously the scene following afterwards is when Christian tells his friends that he has essentially invited her along Um
1: well, speaking sorry but, um, oh, but um, the, the mirror scene supposedly hmm. is a reference to Alice in the Looking Glass
0: no, of course it is because why not
1: because oh, I know I know it's a bit on the nose but um, supposedly there's there's two scenes I can't remember off the top of my head where there's another scene where it's vice versa it's
0: the exact it's the scene directly after that Direct it's set, Christian place, in Christian's friend's place and it's the mirror directly above the couch yeah. um, so you can see Christian's reflection in it and then when Danny comes in her reflection's yeah. in it and all the friends are sitting below it so it's it's,
1: it's supposed to yeah. be like um, which is clearly th- going towards the midsummer thing yeah. sort of something out of yeah. real life um, but yes as you were yeah. saying it, this leads that's,
0: to... that, that is, I was just going to talk about the mirror thing again and then going into sort of that scene um, Mark's a dick <laughs> Christian's a dick um, Josh is indifferent and then um, Peli and um, Danny have a conversation where he uh, tells her that he's actually very excited to have her come and um, and so we get a bit of a flavor for Peli where we sort of realize that he is definitely not like the rest of them. He seems to be quite a normal, mm-hmm. well-adjusted guy and that he's quite worldly and obviously he's from this place and he sort of shows Danny pictures on his phone and stuff of sort of what to expect. And sort of Danny seems to be sort of quite enthused um, before Peli ends up sort of saying like, uh, I'm really sorry for your loss kind of thing. And Danny has a moment to which he sort of leaves to go to the bathroom and then we get that very... Very fun shot where she opens up the door to go into the bathroom, but then it um, cuts as the door opens to her going into the bathroom on an airplane. And yeah. we're kind of already there. That's uh, yeah, so it's pretty it's much a, it, more it or less. A
1: good, it's a good shot. It is, yeah. I like it's a it, a very yeah. well done. Um, just before that, um, when she does have the... She obviously has this problem with dealing with her grief around other people. Yeah, she prefers yeah. to be alone, and I think that's to do with Christian, obviously. Yeah. Um, But Pelle does say that he's lost his parents, yeah. too does that come up at the start or does yes. he
0: because I know he mentions that again later he I'm mentions later but right. he just
1: says that he lost his parents right, he doesn't okay. mention anything else yeah. by this point point. Um, and I think she freaks out she yeah. doesn't really know how to talk about that Yeah. Um. and also they talk about just before they get on the plane to go about the fact that they would be arriving on Danny's birthday yes so that's true that yeah, would for be um, for the festival they arrive there um, they also talk about the fact that it's a nine-day celebration with a small commune, um, and it's during the summer solstice. Yeah, so it takes place every 90 years. This is a big thing. You've got summer solstice, so straight away you know yeah. this is a different... This is an old-worldly religious sort of festival. Yeah. This isn't anything of the New Age religions. Yeah. This is this is old.
0: Um, as they drive into the festival, I just want to point out um, this... Trick that I um, maybe I'm um, a bit unjustly biased towards, and I absolutely hate it. But as they <laughs> get off,
1: uh-huh. no, no, go on, I want to know. What it's it is.
0: it's when they get off the plane <clears throat> and they start driving mm-hmm. um, to go there, and it's they're like, oh, it's a four-hour drive, and we see there's a shot of the car from sort of mid-air, and the camera rolls, it sort of pans, but it rolls over to the car until the shot is essentially upside down. down.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's like shorthand. I get it. I know what it means. I understand what it means, but can we all just find a new way of doing it? I hate <laughs> it. Like I get, like you know, it, it's it's a fun trick, but it's so played. If you know what I mean, I like, know what I get like you're going into oh, unknown territory. Everything's upside. Oh, I just I don't. I find I it really corny and really irritating.
1: I think it just it works. as a good shot. Yeah, I know you it know does. I mean? It looks dynamic I, and, and I mean, it's fun. But even like, if even if you hate this film there's a lot of good shots no I don't hate it, it. I, mean,
0: I just no, 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 I feel like not, the, yeah. not, no.
1: but I'm saying like for other people that that hate I don't even don't yeah, like yeah. this film There, there is good filmography in it, which I think The Wicker Man has some great shots mm, absolutely amazing yeah. shots yeah. but back in the time that Wicker Man was made yeah. you, you don't get the same sort of cut scenes no, as exactly, you do yeah, yeah. In, in a modern film and I think yeah it is very on the nose it is a little bit like it's just in. like
0: oh everything's different where we're going and yeah. it's like I just I find it a you, little bit you following.
1: get a, I think that is a big thing in this I think it isn't as shoved in your face in the Wicker Man like the difference yeah but yeah. in Midsummer, there's a lot of things it's like oh you're somewhere different yeah like, it's it's very clear like from the start this yep. is something that's, that's that's out of your out yeah. of your ordinary world and stuff
0: so they eventually drive in and they stop at the first stop um they meet uh Pele's brother ingmar and mm. they also meet um other travelers that ingmar has sort of brought over just like sort of Pelle has brought his friends over and they are simon and connie from london um and then we get the first uh, mushroom scene um they take mushrooms after that there's a very awkward back and forth <laughs> where uh danny obviously doesn't want to take mushrooms straight away um Christian offers to oh, also very awkward, is right. very awkward he opts to also only just take the mushrooms when Danny's feeling up to it but Mark being the pushy knob that he is is just kind of like no but that means we're going to have entirely separate trips which is the most obnoxious and annoying thing I've ever heard in my life mm. but I can imagine that people who very regularly take recreational um hallucinogenic drugs will probably have that kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: also this is the first introduction the introduction to the drugs of the film.
0: which yes, there are a few scenes. It's of. A,
1: it's a big fil- thing in the film. Yeah. Not in a way of just people taking drugs but
0: that is to natural. do with the
1: culture. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. a natural natural thing.
0: Um and then so they take mushrooms and I mean I'm just gonna sort of interject here whether this is suitable or not, I don't really know but um, I've heard many people say it as well and I have to agree is that um, the the sort of the trip scenes in Midsommar are actually, at least to me feel incredibly accurate to what that kind of stuff feels like I'm not into super experimentation or anything like that but I can tell you that the feeling of them when, when they first take it and they're sitting on the little slope and there's that guy yeah and there's a guy walking down the hill and then Mark's like I don't want new people right now or like you know um, you know (laughs) and he's just having a bit of a moment like moments like that I actually I feel like I can relate to because I've sort of experienced that feeling before Um, it's definitely incredibly accurate you know I feel like that you sort of you know like in, in movies or TV shows like When someone has a dream Mm -hmm. and dream sequences are very they don't feel like dreams in real life if you know what I mean the only thing I've ever seen that actually feels like (laughs) dream sequences in real are actually the Sopranos dream sequences in the Sopranos feel like dreams yeah. this kind of feels like what the feel like that again I never had mushrooms or whatever but it feels like that the way yeah. that everything moves the way that everything is a little bit on edge and the way that people it's talk
1: very very well filmed it right? is, yeah, yeah, yeah especially like the, the trees moving yeah the weird sort of progress, pulsing and the swaying like, which yeah. is a throughout it goes up throughout the film there's a lot of that yeah. um, which obviously we'll unload later Yeah, but yeah, I think it is filmed very well to try and get that feeling. It does in this in the cinema, especially yep. when you're watching it on a big screen. Yeah, it does make you feel a bit like mm-hmm,
0: it does. Yeah, and again because the music is just a little that a little bit dreamier, and then also that like again like there are very few scenes in this movie that are filmed in darkness. Everything else is in broad daylight. Yeah, there's not a single that. thing that you can miss, and especially seeing again watching it at home, this feeling is completely moot. But when you're in the cinema and you're in a dark cinema. Um, the 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 color in the light is blinding. Like yes. there were there were harsh cuts between scenes where it was just a new cut at the same, and maybe a different day, but it was in broad daylight and it actually hurt. Like your eyes they, would actually kind of yeah, recoil a little they, bit. They
1: they do, and I know I'm jumping ahead just slightly. Um, after Danny's bad trip, which we will get into, but they go into the fact that in Sweden at this time of year, yeah, um obviously it's longer days yes. especially in in countries around the world you do get the longer days thing yeah but the craziest thing about how this horror well see horror in quote
0: yeah.
1: horror film is made is it's all in such color yeah and the fact that the days are longer with the sun mm. makes it even more unsettling yeah. because days literally just merge into each other because it's it just feels like sun constantly yeah
0: um, it always does and I mean that is probably the most refreshing thing about Midsummer. is obviously even like Hereditary is an example as well there's a lot of very dark scenes in that there's yeah. very little in the way of daylight and just horror movies in general always have that feeling that it needs to be shot at night or take yeah. place in dark or whatever like, which you know, um, I mean
1: going back to our first episode talks yeah. um, there's not much at night the Wicker Man yeah. is um, there's a lot in daylight obviously not to the extent of Midsummer, not yeah. mass bright colours but um it's a very sort of feel-goody environment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of colours, a lot of plants. Yeah, which nothing I think, feels threatening. No, which I feel with, especially to do with like religious folklore, they're very towards their environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're obviously going to be around environments that are, yeah. that are very happy towards them and make them happy. Yeah. So. And
0: also that the people themselves aren't actually, or at least don't appear to be aggressors.
1: No, like, yes, no, it was a very like even relaxed. in Workman on, no one's
0: acting like a shithead to Howie. Everybody's mm-hmm. just kind of treating treating him like how they treat him. Um, you know they're treating him how he treats them. Yes. Um and at least in Midsummer everybody is very hospitable, everybody's very nice, and that's kind of the whole point. Mm-hmm. And as you say as well, obviously this is the first um reference to like times sort are of being displaced or maybe just like I not guess. operating by regular logic. Um and then after that first scene, um she has a Panic attack, and she walks away, and then she runs away, mm-hmm. and then we cut to her sort of waking up, and they say something that they've been sort of waiting for for like six hours or something, mm-hmm. and then they start the trek to the actual sort of festival proper. Which,
1: which, just to clarify as well, when just before when when she's having the bad trip, it's at the mention of family. Yes. Um, they're talking about well they're all sort of on this trip, um, about family, as yep. in the community. They're talking about the community of the festival. And they use the word family, and that sets her completely off. Yeah.
0: Um, so then we make our way to the actual festival proper. Um, this is the first time I'd like to mention it. There's going to be a lot of other examples, whether or not I can pick them out exactly. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm going to mention it regardless. Um, when they arrive at the festival, obviously there is music playing. We get a oh. sort of large sweeping... Um, establishing shot of like the village and how it looks and the big gate that sort of welcomes them in.
1: Just um, just life. before that no sorry, before we go past this so when she is tripping out mm. um, just to mention little things that pop up, she goes into a bathroom a little yeah. hot bathroom and there's like a flash of light yeah. when she's using the candle and there's someone behind her with their m- m- mouth typed yeah. um, there's a lot of little elements yeah. of this and um, whether it be the dream sequences or stuff, yeah. there, there are things hidden in it, yeah, and things that pop up, um, and that's just sort of the first little. It's not a jump scare, because I wouldn't say no. it's a jump scare. It's not scary. Um, but there's little, Nothing much in
0: the way of actual jump scares no, at all. Just
1: little flashes of things yeah. that obviously are important within the film.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Um. So there's like a fun um pan shot as they like establish like the village and how it looks and sort of how welcoming the villagers are and stuff as well. Um, but this kicks off a key thing, and this is probably like something that I personally think is probably one of the finer touches in the movie, is um, the the music is in, and it's traditional. You know, it sounds like the kind of thing you would expect to hear from that kind of village, and that kind, those like kind of Like medieval people. instruments. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. Um, and obviously, like, you know, Bobby Crillick absolutely killing it, um, but something that comes up a lot is it, it, again, I think it was maybe lost a little bit watching it at home, but in the theatre it was honestly very unsettling, is that it's incredibly hard at one point to tell what is diegetic sound and non diegetic sound um, yeah
1: it it does sort of fade into each other and yeah. throughout. it's because it's a constant it feels like it's a constant soundtrack like it's it's because there is always that sort of background drone yes to it's it's hard sometimes to tell what is part yeah. of the soundtrack and what's just just
0: playing with people playing instruments and yeah,
1: stuff as well yeah yeah 100% and um another thing with when they come through the big archway obviously the start which you've mentioned yeah um, it's another sun symbol yeah um, which seems to be a massive thing in both of these but obviously sun gods for all of these sort yeah. of festivals is a, a massive thing of so. course. Um, and yet again when when they're going towards the entrance um, there's a huge abundance of the yellow flowers. Yes. Yeah. Um, which obviously yellow is a big colour. Yeah. Yet again, um from the tubes at the start, from the colour her sister was wearing when she was found. Yeah. Um yellow is a big thing in this film. Yeah. Like huge. Which um obviously comes up later on as well.
0: Yeah. Um, we go on from there and we meet um, I think I don't know if it's it Pelly's father or like some kind of yes yeah. I think it's Pelly's father um, they, he makes a uh, someone uh, tells him that he uh, they, they like the clothes he's wearing mm. um, to which he uh, again uh, this is something that's going to come a as well is that um, Hereditary had a couple of moments of humour. Um Midsummer has plenty. Midsummer has plenty of very, very dry humour sort of sprinkled throughout it, and he kinda of responds to the comment about his attire to being it's a bit girly, isn't it? Uh, but, but he also did, Yeah, he talks you, about the gender of um the clothes and stuff. So
1: he talks about nature's hermaphrodite yes. qualities. Yes. Which is obviously a big thing. Yeah,
0: and that ties in a wicker man in yeah, it ties as well completely. with the way that kind of like gender works with like the way Nature is and stuff yeah. as well. It's um, it's sort of free and this is kind of open as there. Yeah, of
1: thing. it's not a, a tight knit. Like... Yeah.
0: Um, from there we get to we, they sort of get the big welcome ceremony and stuff as well, where the sort of woman talks. Um, they do the skull thing. They cheer and they have a drink or eat or something like that. I can't remember. Um, this is also the very first time, very very briefly, that we're going to meet uh, Ruben. Um, oh
1: yes, I forgot that you meet yeah, him Yeah, we're
0: we're going to meet Ruben. Um. Again, uh, I guess it's also worth mentioning that Midsummer actually does have a director's cut, which we have not watched. I mean, I'm not being funny. I know I always seem like I'm taking a shit on this movie, but it is two, two hours and 20 minutes as it is anyway. Yes. And I don't really want to see any more of <laughs> it. Um, I don't know how, um, if Ruben sort of has any more sort of screen time in the movie. Um, Ruben is a funny one, and I'm not sure if his inclusion is uh, well thought out. Um, but we meet Ruben at this point. He is um, the village oracle, as we find out later on. He um, is a product of inbreeding, um, which yes. apparently leads him to having um, unclouded uh, vision Jud- and yeah. judgment, um, uh, as opposed to you know um, regular people. Um, uh, but I guess we'll get into that as sort pops up. Um, I guess f- sort of following on from this is probably something that comes up in the Worker Man as well, and not the first time that anything in midsummer has been foreshadowed but um they're all kind of sitting down on the grass or sort of enjoying themselves watching the kids play this game um to which someone asks what game the kids are playing and um, it's which and um, pelly tells them that they are playing wait for it now skin the fool um foreshadowing yes. for later on and once again tying in quite nicely to the way that the wicker man played out as well um,
1: yes, the fool is uh, another big yes. character within this as well. Yeah. So,
0: which is funny, um, just to serve as as an aside, um, is kind of like, um, you know, they said it in the like the Wicker Man, where it was like um, you had to be uh, the champion, the virgin, uh, you had to come here for your own free will, and you had to be a fool, um, and that's almost strangely kind of like how um, Cabin in the Woods deconstructed the whole kind of like slasher genre <laughs> yeah, character yeah. trope thing and it's kind of the same thing here as well where it's like the people you like, have
1: to have those yeah you have to
0: have the qualities yeah. in order to be like a sort of suitable sacrifice and they have to be in that yeah. kind of like you know wheelhouse mm-hmm. um, but that's the first time the reference of the fool comes up um, Christian also um, gets kicked by I uh, is it Maya? it's I Maya because
1: yeah. that's when you first meet yeah. Maya who's sort of I don't want to say the willow of the film, because she's not to the same extent as Willow is but in The she's Wicker also, Man. But she's a lure as well. But she is a lure. Yeah, she's a lure. towards testing someone's... Not testing someone's faith in this character. Yeah. Like, in The Wicker Man, it was testing someone's faith. It's testing it's commitment. Yeah, testing yeah. commitment in this one.
0: Um, and then, I guess, uh, as I've sort of got my notes here as well, Um, obviously, we've had the kids sort of foreshadowing things... Um. Christian at this point has also forgotten that it's Danny's birthday and he mm-hmm. also forgets how long they've been together for which is a big no-no uh, this is where we sort of get to know um, our other sort of supporting characters a bit better as well so during this conversation we get to know a bit more about um, Connie and Simon from London yes they've
1: been um, to, they've supposedly been together for a while yeah they've they're also engaged yeah which you see Danny straight away sort of
0: yeah oh wow yeah be
1: like okay because they've, yeah. they've been together less
0: yes um, yeah, but they are engaged and there was a very odd anecdote where like um, <laughs> uh, Igmar explains that he <laughs> went yeah. out on a date with... and again this is kind of the funny thing where it's like there's so much more comedy in this movie there's more levity in the sort of downtime um, than sort of hereditary hereditary is like grief times a thousand there's no oh, yeah. there's is, very few moments of it. actual it's, levity it's
1: not a very lighthearted yeah. at all hereditary um, is Midsummer right. has loads yeah. like
0: there's loads of moments and there's that bit and then there's also uh, <laughs> in that same uh, little conversation where um, they say that they're getting married and Simon says oh we're going to get Igmar to officiate the wedding and Igmar's like really? and he's like no mate <laughs> like just very flatly like no nah, you're alright <laughs> um, and then obviously we meet the bear um, which is delivered um, again with a very dry sense great, of humour great Cool. Um, so. so we're not going to talk about the bear Yeah. it's a bear um, again it's just like just leave some things up to the imagination yes, you know? like, like even if there wasn't a bear in a cage it would have been fine I,
1: I, I get it for the comedy element of that yeah. bit that they just sort of walk past the cage with a bear yeah. and they're like oh he's just going like, to the bear yeah. but um, yeah the amount of bears we see throughout this whole film yeah. is uh, and also much.
0: when painting some pictures it comes up quite a few more times yeah. um, this is also the first time that we um, see the temple um, which will play into the sort of finale of the movie as well. That's the first time they see it.
1: See yellow triangle. Yeah, the yellow triangle.
0: triangle. Um, this is also again we're getting. We're, I feel like this one scene in particular actually packs in so much, and your mileage may vary on sort of how sort of well orchestrated you think it is. Because then immediately after, uh, foreshadowing the bear, foreshadowing the temple, <laughs> we immediately get foreshadowing to the love potion thing. Um, Because straight after this, we immediately find a tapestry. Well,
1: is this before or after Pelley remembers Danny's birthday?
0: Um, I think he's already remembered it at this point. um, Because I think it's when they're they're playing Skin the
1: Fool. Yeah, I think that's something to bring up. That's the fact that Christian's obviously forgotten her birthday, but Pelley is completely remembered and he draws her a picture of herself. Yeah, But you start to see the difference between the characters in this and how much they actually care about other people in this because the friend group when you think about it really don't care about each other. No no they don't. Like the three guys aren't really that bothered about each other. Like they'll probably just throw each other off at any point And they do. um, Which they do.
0: Christian does later on to Josh. Yeah.
1: Um you get as you say um what were you saying? The tapestry. The tapestry. Yeah. So you've got a love potion. Um, you've got the school children carving runes. Yes, yes. Um, which is a massive. Well, runes are a massive thing in this film. Yeah. I've actually gone out my way to try and find out what the runes are yeah. there and stuff.
0: There are plenty of. We've. I think we've watched a couple of yeah. videos that really break it down. But if there you really are. want to get into that kind of thing, then it is an interesting yeah. watch or a read.
1: It's um, pretty easy to if if you just look at runes in general, and then yeah, they come up in the movies. Yeah. like you can re- literally just pick them out. Um, quite easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fertility ritual is literally like thrown across like a tapestry yeah. that's hung up.
0: Yeah, and it's not subtle. No, um, and it, it's it, not subtle.
1: It, it's literally right in front of your face. Yeah. So it's really sort of people that aren't paying attention that obviously. Yeah.
0: When, um, but I just which I
1: get if you just think it's a painting, but if you're at least paying a bit of attention, yeah, it, it sums up everything that is gonna
0: yeah. gonna happen. Um. From there, we go to the sort of boarding house, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, For which the is, yeah, the twenty sixth
1: group. Yeah, I think it's the twenty sixth. Oh, Up to twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah. Group. as they sort yeah. of
0: explain that like life um works in seasons, so like two cycles. Yeah, it? so it's like uh I can't remember if it's like spring, no, it's like winter when you're a child to when you're twenty six or something like that. No,
1: before that. Oh no, you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah to twenty six and then twenty six to To
0: whatever is um your Spring Spring. I can't quite remember it exactly, but they sort yes. of Yes
1: so it's it's twenty six anyway, that they would move out of the house that they're in. So yeah. everyone's obviously twenty six year, which yeah. is uh you yeah. don't look Well
0: there's a lot of people yeah, um there's a lot of people who are obviously older than that yeah. as well kinda of doing um, odd.
1: yeah, so it makes it very clear that ages are a big yeah. thing in this film, which comes up obviously.
0: Yeah, um, um, the boarding room scene is actually quite nice. Obviously, we get to see that the entire sort of like inside the interior of the entire building is like kind of covered in artwork and paintings, runes and stuff. Once again, you know, I I
1: think think keen-eyed observers,
0: you can find the ending of the movie in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's not so subtle about it. Um, from there, uh, <laughs> Pelle kind of warns uh, Christian. That obviously, he done fucked up and forgetting Danny's birthday, to yeah. which, um, he takes uh danny straight outside uh for the most flaccid um sort of birthday thing ever uh, it's so i mean i think again just like how many times i've got um a note saying christian is a knob there are just as many notes where it says this scene is awkward and that scene is like the lighter doesn't work and you oh, can't light the candle it and, and it, yeah. it's just incredibly cringy um and I guess from that kind of point like they've more or less kind of established like the sort of village and how they work and sort of where they are and what they're doing and then they go to sleep for the night and they set up the sort of big the first real big no, scene no. in the movie
1: before that they before they go to sleep or anything they see the wall of the May Queens
0: oh yeah so they do that's in the house so as this well. is obviously just like again. Like, just literally <laughs> yeah. like
1: this what we tried to not say in the first episode hmm um, was they've got their wall of their past May Queens um, which I would say is an ode to the Wicker Man like,
0: I mean whether it's intentional or not I'm not yeah, entirely sure whether um, it's
1: intentional or unintentional they have all the Queens yeah. from every year on their wall there's
0: a lot of stuff in it that makes me think if he had maybe sort of taken on board some things from Wicker Man beforehand um, from some of the interviews that I've read and that we've watched and stuff he doesn't ever really seem to refer to it but I don't know if it's stuff that maybe just belongs to folk horror genre, maybe as a whole, or yeah, if it's yeah. maybe just kind of like that it sort of comes with the territory, really. Yeah. But I do find if he's, ne- he's if he's never said it, I do find it quite hard to believe that he's maybe either not never. seen it or not taken any of that sort of stuff any. into account when making yeah. it. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I'm really yeah, sorry about that. Because to... um, um... then after that is when they set up the first big scene, which is the, when I get this wrong, Astepan? Astepan?
1: Yes, yes,
0: yes. Um which is a weird ritual that they talk about the night before. Um Josh stupa. says stupa, that's, it, yeah. stupa, that's it. Um Josh says that he's aware of it and he is uh, very uh, reluctant to tell anybody else what happens during it Um, because they ask is it scary um, they ask if it's scary um, and obviously we get Christian tries to look up on his phone to which we realise obviously there's no signal here after all why would there be Um, so once sort of um, cementing the fact that they're very much just here and there's not any sort of easy out should they try and find it
1: also in this room there's so much going on in this room like you could literally analyse everything but uh, something great that I've seen is um, the woman with the baby places a Set of scissors under the
0: pillow of the baby. I noticed that as well. Yeah, a
1: big set of silver scissors. Um, haven't actually came to see what. Did that's they not? Um,
0: I'm. I'm. sure they made a reference to putting something under the pillows of babies at one point. But yeah, um, it, I thought it was. A, I remember seeing the scene, but I thought it was like a rune. I didn't think it was like scissors. I thought or it was anything. a set of scissors. Okay.
1: But, um, I might be wrong. Um, and there's who knows also. What that is, just uh, on the wall, there's blood sacrifice under the sun symbol in the Anuity room, the sun which is symbol obviously again. foreshadowing yet again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes.
0: Yeah. Straight away, in fact, we have to do a big dining scene first.
1: Speaking of the dining scene, mm. before we pass it, this is another ruin symbol. Um, so the table...
0: Yes, it's in the shape of one.
1: ...is in the shape of a ruin. Mm. Uh, give me a second. It is in the ruin Othila hmm. which stands for honesty, loyalty, family and home.
0: Okay, there you go.
1: Which is obviously a big um this community is obviously very important to yes. everyone. Um, whether they're family or they're not family, which yeah. is obviously very shown towards where Danny is right now.
0: Yeah. Um, the whole se- I mean, there's really not an awful lot to say about that scene in general, it's just more that um it's like a synchronized thing. Um, they all sit in sort of silence and wait for um sort of two very elderly people to arrive from the big yellow temple, mm-hmm. and they sort of all follow their um sort of hands as they do the motions of like the ying and the cheering and the and um, the well wishes and whatnot. Um, it's not a massively. I mean, I guess it kind of is an important scene. I don't think it's necessarily a particularly interesting one. No. Um, there's not really much going on. Um, other than that straight after that they go to a cliffside to perform Be- the first ritual no, Yeah, before go ahead. that
1: yeah. you've got the people picking the flowers backwards oh yeah that was here um, which is a big part of it and later on and they, already, they talk about at the meal as well the fact that babies here aren't raised just by parents they're, they're, right, they're raised by everyone, by everyone. Um, it, it shows you how much of a commune and community they yeah. have between everyone and as you say, yeah, it goes straight ahead. <laughs> straight to the. Straight first to the cliff scene, um, um, which everyone remembers in this film. Yep,
0: exactly. Um, probably the single brightest scene, oh, um, but bright. only just really helps that it's set in broad daylight, and also that the stones are kind of like sort of white, very light blue. So it really just does burn away um the retinas a little bit. It's also a very quiet scene, um, we just get to see the sort of two elderly people that are taken up to the top of a cliff. They um, slice their palms and they print the blood onto like a big sort of rune stone, um, and they essentially just perform suicide off the cliff.
1: Yes. Um, which, but when they are up on the cliff, yeah. Well, before that even, um, all of the elders are wearing blue. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Which, it's a massive representation in this. The only people you see wearing blue in this, yeah, unless it's jeans and stuff and people yeah. are outside, is the elders. Yeah. Um, it seems to be a mix between blues for elders and the end of life Yeah. and yellow is a sort of
0: yeah there's like the yellow and the, that's the young. people wear a lot of the sort of white with yeah. the sort of colours run through it but the people that walk the old people up to the hill are also wearing blue yes. as well
1: and the, oh god, the ruins I, I don't even know if I want to go into all of this but the ruin that they put their hands on at the top of the yeah. the, the sort of
0: isn't it the one that represents Danny.
1: Yes, well it yeah. basically represents everything. Yeah. So you've got on this ruin, you've got order and powers on there, you've got the fate of the unknown, the beginning and the end. You've got the sacrifice ruin. You've got the protection and the divine plan ruin. Like there's if you actually look into it, like you can yeah. it's too much to sort of unload, but they're all specifically there. Um you've got gift as a massive one on the ruin, yeah. which I it's an important one because obviously it's a sacrificial thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's so many ruins on that one that are sort of foreshadowing everything that's obviously going on. Yeah. Um. But obviously, this it's the most gruesome scene in the whole film.
0: Yeah. Um. But it's, it's similar to Hereditary in that way as well, where like Hereditary isn't exactly like incredibly violent, but when violence does happen, it's a very um, it's a very sharp um sort of flash of violence that happens very quickly
1: yes and it's very shocking it
0: is yeah Um,
1: it's a a very quick shock it is yeah um more so the
0: first time with the lady that goes off the lady's
1: worse i think Um, the lady is worse it is yeah yeah. what happens the man's worse yeah when the lady i mean we we should really say at the start that there's spoilers this but we are basically talking about the whole film but when the lady falls and you see her head completely let go um it is a bit it's it is, very yeah. shocking because it's
0: out of nowhere all of a sudden as well like and then it just sort of appears
1: yeah obviously with the gentleman that doesn't go completely right yeah and, they and he sort he like of breaks end his leg as, and... yeah as quick as possible you, you sort of and you see the community openly show grief for the fact that this yeah. didn't go right like the fact that he's in pain well
0: it's something that, come, that will sort of come up a little more towards the end yeah, as well yeah shared grief yeah yeah when there's like sort of like large amounts of emotions being felt at felt at any one time um, it sort of like ripples through absolutely everybody else as well. Yeah. Um. But obviously, yeah. So the first lady jumps off and she is successful. She crashes onto a rock below, um, like chest first, sort of like completely destroying her rib cage and smashing her face. Yeah. And the second guy, uh, he jumps off and fails miserably and like breaks his leg, um, probably like cracks a couple of ribs and stuff as well because he's kind of wheezing. Um. The rest of the the guy, there's obviously a guy with a giant hammer. They are at the ready and he. And several other people go over to take turns to smash his face and to <laughs> ensure death.
1: I you I'm not like I know I'm going completely off, but there's a limmy sketch with like is it building bricks
0: or oh, melting bricks? Melting bricks. Um, there's no escape.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. it just. Re- I'm sorry. It just reminds <laughs> me of that scene because the fact that the way like, that the head bursts and yeah, just, absolutely, just, I yeah, get that. Complete um, um, Scottish humor, but. Um, yes it's, it's obviously a yep. community thing because as soon as someone it doesn't go well yep. they're straight away there it's kind of like putting an animal out there Missouri, yeah, yeah, you know when you when, if you were to hit an animal yep. or something but they don't
0: necessarily treat it like that I guess like sort of to sort of go on about the scene as well is that the whole thing's mostly quiet and then when the first lady jumps like the rest of it's kind of presented like the sound is presented through like a ringing filter Mm -hmm. um because obviously danny's like really shocked by seeing the whole thing and she responds to it very negatively um but not as negatively as um simon and connie who are screaming about it and being like what the fuck are you doing and why are you doing this and this is crazy and then you know um there's a great bit um i want to highlight during this whole thing where like as, like, Simon's, like, popping off about the whole thing and, like, you know, going off the top of his voice about it, there's, like, a sort of, like, larger, older lady in the crowd who's sort of looking over at him, and she does, like, that kind of, like, puts her arms out, being like, what, what is this? And she, like, shrugs her shoulders, being like, you know. And I think that it sort of sums up the sort of, one of the themes quite well is that, and it's the same thing with The Wicker Man, too, is that it's, like you know obviously they think it's weird but to the the culture that this do is it normal. it's completely normal so she's so weird yeah the
1: fact that someone else is coming yeah. in
0: she's just kind of sitting there being like what's what's got his knickers in a twist yeah. kind of thing when yeah. like to them it's just completely normal
1: which i think this is a big thing that like we need to obviously address is like if any there has been a lot of things in sort of the past few years about people i'm not going to say like youtubers and stuff going into different communities mm around the world yep. and sort of picking fun at what their yep. rituals are mm-hmm. but from where they come from that's normal yep. um, and to have people come in that are completely outside that box and think that it's wrong is doesn't mean it's wrong it's just different no of you course know? yeah you know?
0: um, I mean it is definitely it's definitely shocking but for some that's probably very normal I don't know if there's any cultures that actually do that kind of thing I'm sure there probably are or there were at one point in another definitely,
1: do you know there's been um there is I, I won't try and say off the top of my head because I won't get it right but yeah. there's definitely cultures where when you get to a certain age you, you don't want to live on and die in a horrible no, of course, way yeah. so you would rather give up your body yes. to like different elements yeah. and stuff
0: and that's exactly what one of the early sort of leaders says to Simon and Connie yes. as they're kicking yes. off is that like you know to us this is normal like why would you want to grow old and sort of die in pain and fear when mm-hmm. you can kind of just give yourself, knowing that you've lived your life and that you've contributed. To what you want. Yeah. Um, and I guess that sort of cements like the main theme of sort of like, the differences in the culture and stuff as well. Um, it sets up a whole bunch of stuff like you've already been talking about with like the setup to like, um, sort of having a family dynamic and having a unit. Um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Is it sort of gets in towards the end where it gets a lot heavier. Um,
1: this is. <laughs> This is the element where it shows another Christian as a Jack element. Christian, yeah. <laughs> this is when Christian, when he comes back from this, instead yeah. of being like, "Oh God, that was really, um, that was really intense," you know, yeah, it should make us come together as friends. Yeah, <laughs> Christian yeah. comes back and instead is like, "Oh, that was a uh, that was really intense." So, by the way, Josh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, just gonna I'm obsessed. gonna steal your thesis, and Josh is kind of like, you know, what the fuck, like, yep. uh that's not really cool, and. It's, it's said, he it's, it says it obviously a lot better and is like, Look, I've put all this work in, yeah, I'm traveling all around the world just for this thesis. And then Christian tries to cover his back by being like, No, but I'm just doing it for the community here, yeah. And then Josh is like, But
0: so am I, <laughs>
1: so am I, and yeah. that's you're kind of just doing that. And then Christian basically just says, Well, I'm doing it, yeah, and it doesn't matter, and then just walks out,
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, I think like if I was to have any kind of like I don't know, weird sort of con- I've, I've left a little comment here in my notes, just that like I guess it's a sticking point for the entire movie for me as well, is that like it's it's a bit hard to say, it's a bit nebulous, but obviously, like, you know, one of the most important themes in the movie is like the sort of need to have like a family or like some kind of unit or yeah. whatever. And then also kind of like the sort of difference in culture, one being thinking that all this stuff is very odd and a bit sort of medieval to one just thinking it's completely normal mm-hmm. and I think those are all completely fine by themselves but the one thing that I think and it irks me a little bit is that I still wonder why it had to be a breakup movie when the themes of like community and family and like sort of cultural differences are a lot stronger I and a lot more see, well thought out than the I, breakup I, I d- angle I
1: don't think it's a breakup angle I think that the way they're going about it is there's this massive community set as a family yep yeah. And she has a horrible past of what has happened. And I think Christian is part of that horrible past. Yeah. So it's not a breakup movie, but it's taking yourself... You need to let go
0: of
1: that horrible past. Yeah. And be accepted for, like, the family that you deserve. I think it's... So I wouldn't say it's a straightforward breakup movie. I think it's just more getting out of your yeah.
0: past I think it's just more that Ari Aster always keeps calling it a breakup. Movie. I know, and I just um, I,
1: like I get. As I know a that he joke, wrote as it a during joke, a breakup and stuff. It's yeah, like,
0: um, but like I think that's what a lot of people sort of take more from the movie is like the relationship aspect. When I think other that than it's there are a lot, there are the a lot more. Yeah, a there's a lot more well thought out themes in the movie well, than just that. But yeah. with that aside, uh, we'll just keep going. Yes, uh, I'm sure that'll come up later anyway. Um, but yeah, as you say, Christian says he's going to do his thesis on the Harga um, to which Josh isn't very happy about it. Um, they have a whole fight thing, and they make some kind of agreement with Pelly, where they have to, they will get access to like information from the elders and stuff, just so long as they share their information together, yes. and they have to work together on it. Um,
1: at the same element, obviously not the same time. Peli yeah. speaks to Danny because Danny wants to leave. Um, she's determined to leave, and Peli tries to persuade her to stay. So he talks about the fact that he's lost his family, and the biggest foreshadowing of the whole film. He talks about that he lost his family, his parents,
0: yeah,
1: in a fire. Yes. Which obviously, if you're from this village, there's only a few situations that you would sort of have to go through a fire, which yeah. is apparent, obviously, later on.
0: Yes. Um. I guess he sort of uh, convinces her to stay. Um. They go to sleep. Danny keeps asking Josh for sleeping pills at this point. Um, and then there is a pretty odd dream sequence where she wakes up and sees everybody else getting in a car and leaving her behind. Yes. Um. Which is
1: very apparent because there's the fact that everyone's leaving her. Yeah. she obviously feels that that's going to happen. <clears throat> um, the fact that they're all laughing in the car and the fact that when she tries to scream, it's black smoke that comes out of her mouth. Yeah. Like the carbon can from the car. Yeah. um. um
0: We get up the next day. Um, There's the sort of finalizing the discussion with the elders and stuff as well, where um, Josh and Christian have to share their findings together if they speak to the elders and stuff. And this is followed by um, Mark um, probably doing the funniest thing in the entire movie where he pisses on the ancestral tree.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's such a. There's so many awkward scenes in this movie, but yep. I think that is the most
0: It is, yeah. Um it's the most like sort of like typical dude bro fratish kind of behaviour. Yeah, and the fact really
1: that you the expect. way he reacts as well it was just like so what? I was just going for a piss Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: uh, um and it's like not like you know, at this point as well, like you can actually see that like shortly before this, like uh, they burned the bodies of the, the two elderly people who jumped yeah, off the cliff and it. they collect the ashes. Mm-hmm. And you can actually see them in the background, like scooping the ashes from Like the sort of pit into the sort of um pit where the roots of the tree used to be, um, yeah. so you can kind of like if you're looking out for it and you can see it, then you're kind of like you can understand why, um, and then they have to explain to him why it's such a no no move, um, and yeah. which he just kind of met with very chilly reception. Um, I've noted here that there's a good sort of mo- there's more use of like weird sort of diegetic and non diegetic music, um, taking place. I can't quite remember exactly what was happening, but I must have it must have happened because I noted it, mm-hmm. um.
1: Oh yeah, also that car scene where people are um they're leaving our sorry to go yeah. back. Um it's red and blue flashing lights again.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, like the red lights of the brake and it's a blue car as well, isn't it? Or is it just no, red No, it's the blue you know oh, okay. the
1: same lights that were from oh, right. when they went into Um Anyway, yes.
0: Then I think shortly after this we see Maya carving the love rune. Yeah, So um, it's the start of
1: the love spell.
0: Yeah. Um I've <laughs> don't know what I was thinking, but at this point I've made a note that here that says, Pelly is a wee snake. Which <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't actually true, because to be honest, obviously... I don't think he is a snake. But no, he's, he's not a snake. He's a
1: snake on. against like, his, his supposed friends. Yeah. But I don't um, think that makes him a snake, because they're awful people. No, 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 no. People.
0: They are awful people, and obviously if this movie was any different, then, you know, um, the relationship would be a lot happier if it was Danny and Pell, and not of anybody course. else. Of um, course. During this... Um, Josh has a meeting with the Elder where they talk about the... Is it the Ruberader Which is, like, yes. the the sort of, like, all the books made about the village's history.
1: Which they talk about Ruben.
0: Yes, they talk about Ruben here, which is where they explain why um they have a sort of oracle um, as a product of inbreeding because their judgment isn't clouded by sort of, like, normal conscious mm-hmm. thought. Um, Again, I'm not going to get into it because I'm not really the kind of person equipped to talk about this kind of thing. It's a bit sensitive. But obviously, I've heard a lot of people sort of comment that the inclusion of Ruben is a little bit insensitive. Um, it's very othering. Um, which I sort of have to agree with. Um, Jane, I think just in terms like it's um, it's very classic, classically um, dated mysticism where it's like, um, the product of inbreeding is obviously the oracle, you know, and like he's kind of othered in a way where it's like, yeah, he definitely looks different, and you know, I don't know. Again, like I said, I'm not
1: equipped to no, talk okay. about it. I mean, I. Th- I mean we've spoke about this before I think it's it's a hard subject because obviously from a a folk sense of it like it yeah. probably would be yeah, that absolutely. Time. but I think more so in this film it's an Ari Aster thing yeah
0: probably there's a thing about people with faces
1: he you can't say that I, don't, I wouldn't say so as much but I think he has an interest in taking people obviously that look different and Giving them a role in a film. Yeah. I think for. In this, it doesn't work as well because Ruben doesn't do much. No, he doesn't do anything. So it's not really giving him a role, you're literally just putting him on show, yeah. I think, for this. The
0: same function could have been fulfilled by literally like a super old man, like yes. in, a, in a wheelchair yes. with a massive We're,
1: beard. Whereas, like, in Hereditary, for his reasoning behind it, she has a massive role. Does she? Well she doesn't have a massive role, but she has a bigger role than Rupert, No, but, the, actually, but, does,
0: like, but her appearance doesn't have any sort of input on in the story really.
1: Well no. no. But what I'm saying is Ari Aster has openly said that like there's obviously like a an element in both films where he's obviously trying to use actors. Yeah. For like with different oh, They're I all makeup yes.
0: though. It's all makeup though
1: well both actors it's not for her entry right?
0: yeah it is is
1: it? yeah well then it doesn't really work the same end
0: does <laughs> exactly it? it's a bit funny but again not equipped to talk about it, so anyway Anyway, Just yes, um, so the funny. Ruben thing is a bit weird and I think it's a bit sketchy and I don't really like it and I think the same thing could have been done better again with just a super old guy mm-hmm. like if, if it's going to be an oracle make it a super old guy
1: or make it a weird kid
0: yeah you know just like you know you just, know, like, just, you know,
1: I just get... a weird kid sitting in the corner drawing I like. feel like
0: the face like the fact that like um you know they had to have some kind of deformed face sort of like it was there as almost kind of like a shock thing just to kind of like maybe like oh this is so strange but it doesn't really serve any it's real not reason needed. it's no. not needed no. No. no um unlike something like under the skin for example has a real life actor with a real life deformity um putting in a performance that actually sort of like solidifies the theme of kind of like indifference um, yes, a bit yes, more. yes, no
1: hundred um, percent. Yeah, I mean you've got a lot of people in films like, yeah, absolutely. That, that portray that role. Like, exactly
0: 100%. Um and then yeah, bring up uh, Ruben and then um Oracle and Breeding. <laughs> um and then pretty much straight after this, um Josh dies. R. I P. It's not long after it. They have the whole scene where he's like, Can I take a picture of that? And the elder's like, No, absolutely not. And then it's almost cuts it's not
1: the pie scene first.
0: I don't think so. I think I'll that a little bit later on, because I think, like, I don't know. Oh no, yeah, yeah, you're no, right, no, actually. No, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, because then obviously they're at the table, and then Mark gets pulled aside by the girl that he's been crushing on, um, and then he disappears off the face of the earth, um, and then shortly after that is when Josh gets killed off trying to get pictures yeah. of the rumor at the in the middle of yeah, the night. Yeah.
1: So you basically got Mark and Josh straight away and get <laughs> taken away and like off. Yeah. Um, but yeah before that you've got the pie scene which yeah. um, is yet again more of the love portion, mm. um which is foreshadowed in the tapestries but straight away Mark does my fucking head in yeah you've got straight away as soon as like Christian bites into the pie he finds the he finds a hair, hair which how would anyone know <laughs> Off the cuff, <laughs> and
0: then Mark straight away is like it's a pub. oh
1: my god it's a pubic hair um And then, yes, from that, obviously, Mark leaves, and then they all leave, and then Josh tries to get the pictures of the sacred book. Yeah. And he's caught and killed. Yes. And And then then, the
0: ending starts, more or less. Kind
1: of. (laughs) There's, there's the scene that is, well, no, actually, what I was going to say as well is when Josh is trying to get the book pictures, he turns Mm. around and thinks it's Mark. Yeah. And it's not, it's someone wearing Mark's face. Yes. Um... Which I think's worth saying. I'm so not
0: entirely sure why that's there, if I'm being honest. Um, Other than that it looks kind of spooky. No.
1: no, Skin the Fool.
0: That's true. Oh, yeah. Sorry, pardon me. <laughs> Here I am bringing
1: it up and I'm completely yeah, forgetting about Yeah, Skin the Fool. It. So, um, yeah. So, then Josh and obviously Mark are missing. Um, Christian straight away is like I'm not associated with them. Yeah. If the book's missing, like they're not even my friends. Just yeah. Leave them. <laughs> they have that
0: whole thing where the elders like whoever's done it just come forward. It's fine. Um, and then they were like, by the way, we haven't seen your friends in a while. And he's like, oh, well, we don't associate with them. It's like, oh, no. well, okay. That was fast. Straight away, straight
1: away, them Um.
0: Out. I guess we've completely forgot to mention that well before this already. Um. Connie and Simon have already sort of vanished into thin air. Yes. I mean, what I said about that the better is not particularly important. Um. But it does happen. Um, so by this stage, the only sort of main characters left are just Danny Christian, and pretty much Peli. Um And this is kind of the thing, is my sort of biggest thing dislike-ish about Midsommar is Ari Aster doesn't know how to do a third act. It's not that he doesn't know how to do it, it's just that it seems to kind of go off to a deep end that I don't think is necessarily, like, uh, narratively satisfying. And yeah, I think... Um... That tends to be a bit of a prevalent issue with um, hereditary as well, where the last act just doesn't seem to jive well with the rest of the movie, and I feel like it's almost a little bit alien, uh, and it's almost kind of a rush to the finish line kind of thing um, that I'm not a big fan of, and I think Midsummer kind of fails in that way as well.
1: Yeah, um, it is. Oh, I don't know. I mean, the ending's good, but I just feel like it's for how long a film it is. Yeah, it's long. Uh, the ending isn't really. A big, a lot of the film. No, it's more like it gets the end, and then they just sort of rush the end out the way.
0: But it's also somehow still physically exhausting, and um, the end of Midsummer is is tiring. And um, by the time yeah, you get it's... to the very end of the movie, I feel like I could use a nap.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I guess we should get straight into it. So by this point, um, most of the friends are dead. It's just Danny, Christian, and Pelly alive at this point. Um, Christian's still a knob, and this is where the May Queen ceremony starts.
1: Yeah. So this is sort of the lead up. This is probably, like, the, the May Queen ceremony is probably the main part before the end, because yes. obviously it's leading up to what everything's about to happen. <clears throat> so it's the Maypole dance, um, which, obviously the Wicker Man, yeah. there's the Maypoles, a massive element for that as well, and the dance scene for that. But this is more of, this is to crown the May Queen, so it's a dance that they have to do, and it's more of a stamina thing. Yeah,
0: it's an endurance test.
1: So they've got all the women that are dancing around it, and it's basically the last person standing is the May Queen. Yeah. Oh, and they take the some more mushroom drug before they start.
0: Yeah. Um, Danny starts speaking Swedish in this. Um, again, like the theme in the movie that comes up quite a lot. We've said it already is um, the theme of family, and in the last forty minutes, it is just. Almost verbatim, non-stop, um, constant reminder about the family theme as well. Particularly with her um, starting to speak Swedish almost out of nowhere, yeah. is a good reaffirmation of that as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but she eventually wins. Christians, they are watching, but he's not really paying attention because Christians are not.
1: Yeah, I think as well, like the Swedish thing. It's obviously it is a massive metaphor for the family yeah. and the fact that she feels so comfortable that all of a sudden she starts speaking Swedish. Um, but obviously. We can't really tell whether she does speak Swedish or if this is just part of the weird drug trip that she thinks she can speak Swedish. Well, I can only imagine, so. So, Um, But, um, yeah, as you say, Christian's sort of just in the background. He isn't even being there for her when this is going on. He's sort of just in his weird... He's taken... Yeah, Yeah, he 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 refuses because he doesn't
0: want to have a bad trip, but then then he ends up doing it
1: anyway. Um, So... When... We're now at yeah. Where Maya is now, she wins, so she's the last one standing. Um, she doesn't really realize that that means she's the main queen. Yeah, she doesn't
0: understand what implies or what. So
1: she's told, and then all of a sudden, this family element comes back up when they all sort of scoop her up. Yeah. Um, surrounding her like family, um, and
0: take her at the dinner table.
1: Yeah, but. Just before this is mm-hmm. the element that you'd said you were going to point out later on in the podcast. Oh yes, which is what you see in the background Yeah.
0: Down there. Uh, there's a bit when they're carrying on or on the pedestal, taking over to the table, mm. and in um, amongst all the sort of trees and bushes in the background, you can actually make out um, Danny's sister's face with the tape and the tube in it. Um, which I'd never noticed the first time. No, um,
1: it's, I mean I wouldn't have even noticed it unless you pointed it out. Yeah,
0: um, it is one of the like you know. For all, the, for all the grief that I give Ari Aster for sort of the sort of more visual storytelling aspects of the movie, um, that stuff works fine and I think upon re-watches it's quite good because it's kind of like a blink and you'll miss it moment yes. and that's fine yeah. um, what I think is a big problem is like the tapestries and stuff as well, like I know show don't tell is a big important aspect of storytelling and stuff as well and it's a mm-hmm. good tool to use, but I feel like it's a bit more of a crutch when you kind of feel it it feels like you're getting told the story constantly through the tapestries, and you're getting it's not foreshadowing when it's quite explicit as to what's about to happen. Um,
1: yeah, it's I mean, not kind I, of like
0: a, oh, yeah. it happened. It's like it's verbatim exactly what. I happens. think
1: that like a lot of it is like the tapestries are sort of everything's already fixed. Yeah. Like before any of this happens, like it's set in history. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and that's I think how the tapestries work and it's sort of almost a reading of the future Yeah. Um, and they've been there for years and these have always shown I mean from the what's the boy called Ruben. That sees Ruben yep what he sees is going to happen in the future um, is probably why all of them are around the place yeah um,
0: whereas the the face in the trees is a nice touch and i do like it a lot and yeah and it's nice like i I do like when you can watch a film and go back and see multiple things um that you never picked up on the first time um and that is one of those things you have to look for it and i think that sort of garners a reward but i think the tapestry stuff is a little bit is a bit too on the nose um Mm. it tells you everything that's going to happen to the point that there's no there's no thought process involved with being like what could that mean because it says exactly what it means
1: yeah no um, I, I do get that and uh, obviously coming to the end of the film I think this tiny little note, like element of seeing it is obviously to remind you
0: yeah
1: of everything that has happened yeah. to Danny. so when she has the family element of all the other girls in the, the village it's, yeah. it makes that a bit more clear
0: yeah um, but then from there uh, from the pedestal scene where we see the sister's face she gets carried over to the table Um, the visuals for um trippiness are still going on so like she sits, yeah, so she, like, sits on, like, a throne made of, like, sort of, like, ivy and stuff, and, like, the plants kind of, like, move to, like, meet her arms and stuff. The food's all kind of wavy. Um, the sort of head lady that we've seen quite a few times at the head of the table sort of offers a big speech. Um, she says the line, You are the family now, which, once again, if you're not down with the fact that the, the main theme of this movie is family, you're, you're getting it now. Yeah. Like I said, you're getting it for the last 40 minutes nonstop. Um, there's also a weird bit here um, where apparently as part of the ceremony they have to get her to eat a fish
1: Oh, which um, yes, yes.
0: comes very much out of left field it's very strange and everybody laughs it's very laughs. sudden as well because yeah. they just
1: come over with this massive fish and they're just like oh by the way you have to eat this fish yeah just you eat
0: your hole in one go and then she fails and then everybody laughs and it's just a little bit like okay great that was something that happened yeah. well, um, also
1: um, this is the elements with the importance of well the person that is important because now it's at the point where everyone has to wait for Danny to eat yeah and then because she's the head, she's the May Queen, and then everyone eats after, which sort of throws it's another fa- family yeah. sort of like analogy, so everyone is there for her.
0: Yeah. Um at this point, well, shortly after all this is going on, um Danny leaves and then Christian gets lured away from the table into the the orgy hut.
1: Yes. So this is where Danny goes away to do the burying of the oats and the meat and oh, the eggs. Yeah. So that's just another element of the ceremony, yeah. and at the same time as this is going on, this is when you see Christian being taken, led, yeah, to yeah. the orgy yeah. hub. We're just gonna call it the orgy <laughs> yeah, hub, okay?
0: Um, and yeah, like, um, and <laughs> we've um, one
1: of the weirdest, yeah, definitely the weirdest scene in the whole of the film.
0: Probably, um, there was like uh, we said earlier already, but like you know more so than Hereditary, like this movie has a lot of laughs in it. It's got quite a bit of comedy and stuff yeah. in it as well. And I know that, especially with like horror stuff or even just slightly weird stuff, sometimes if you see something that you're not, if you're unsure or uncertain about or you're awkward about, sometimes the only response is to laugh. So I can kind of get that sometimes you're laughing at things and not because it's funny. But when we've seen this in the theatre, and I know we've talked a lot about People's reactions in the theater to this and how it feels like watching it in a theater. But this scene got a lot of laughs from a lot of people, yeah. and I don't know if it was maybe that awkward laughing or if it actually was sort of genuine um, tickling because it is kind of funny, but it is also incredibly awkward. Where it is,
1: I th- I think as well. Like, if the only thing I can think about, like between the two films that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. you have obviously the. The scene in The Wicker Man mm. with um, Willow, yeah, w- which is like the her trying to get the police officer to yeah. have sex, but that sort of works as more of a, you don't find it a funny scene. No, it's more of a like it's, I mean because of the dancing and stuff, it's, it's like, well it is kind of like a dance the whole scene yeah. and it's a bit more natural, mm-hmm. whereas the scene in Hereditary, I don't know if it's you, the amount people, um, not Hereditary, Midsummer. Uh, because I don't know if it's the amount of people that are there yeah. or the whole ritual concept and of a it. broad
0: range of ages as well yeah so um, obviously
1: it's all the different aged women from the village yeah. that are um,
0: possibly previous yeah. mothers and stuff as yeah, well um, of course. and Ruben's there in the background oh, watching oh, and oh, yeah. taking, re- taking pictures or notes or um, whatever it is that he's doing
1: but yeah I don't know if we have to go in depth about what happens in the no, scene no he just, I think it's just uh,
0: um but then, obviously, after all this happens, um, Danny sort of sees the hut in the background and says, "What's going on in there?" To which one of the villagers says, "Oh, you don't want to see." Kind of like, in absolutely <laughs> very weakly, being like, "No, don't, don't go. go, don't look over there." And so, yeah, <laughs> after the week, um, you know, clawing away of, "Don't go to the hut, don't look there," okay. uh, Danny looks anyway, and obviously finds what she doesn't want to see, um, throws up, and then gets taken away by the rest of the female villagers that are with her. Um, and then we get that scene that was kind of heavily in the marketing quite a bit as well and I think a lot of people have memed to death as well where she cries in the house and all the girls are sort of surrounding her but they cry with her yeah. once again if you didn't know that the theme about this movie was family then you're definitely yeah. going to know it now because it comes up again I think as well um, it's the
1: sort of because Danny's never had someone to share her trauma with yes. um, especially <laughs> because Christian did not help yeah. with the whole what had happened to her own family I think she sort of realizes halfway through when she's crying, when she yeah. sort of looks up and sees all the other girls tight. crying with her. She realizes finding she has people that she can share her pain with, and that will help her get through her trauma.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's a good scene, like you know. Um, oh,
1: def- yeah. I think it's. I mean, all of the analogies of family. I think that is one of the the best scenes to sort yeah. of show it.
0: Um, and a lot can be said for uh, Florence Pugh's performance in this movie. It is a Good performance. I think overall it's a good performance, but uh, I don't envy being her and um, no, trying to step so up after Tony Collette. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like you know for all even for all of her editor's faults, Tony Collette is pretty much the main draw of that movie, oh, and 100%. Florence Pugh chased that up is uh, not an easy job, but she does good. Um, yeah. she's a good actress overall, and she does a really really good job. And, and that's an exhausting. Oh God, yeah. Like, the um,
1: amount of like sadness. And... Yeah yeah especially like the crying scenes like I mean, they, they feel exhausting yeah. to watch the
0: crying the, even like the crying face is all over the market like that's yeah. like you know her, her face crying is on the poster yeah. it's the last thing you see in the movie it's probably the majority of the face that she makes in the movie I know a lot of people have sort of made jokes about that already yeah. but yeah, um, but yeah um, then what is, straight after this we sort of
1: well this is when so Christian obviously leaves the ritual by this point Oh yeah, it's in the um, start. to try and sort of run well yeah start yeah. naked um but at that point sort of when he finishes and they all sort of gather around the girl that's been in the ritual, he realises that all he was really there for was to be used yeah. as a pawn in the ritual and that's yeah. it. And I think he sort of realises like shit, like I didn't I mean nothing at yeah. at this point in the film. Exactly, like he yeah. is like he could like be wiped out straight away and it wouldn't wouldn't matter at all
0: um he runs away and then he hides in like another smaller hut and then he finds the body of simon who's been yes you you have the word for it what is it Uh,
1: it's a blood eagle a bloody blood eagle sacrifice which is a viking ritual um. Also, greatly used in Hannibal, the TV series. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's a it's a famous. I think it's been in a few other Viking films. Uh. Maybe even the TV. I think maybe it was in the TV show Vikings. I don't no. watch it, but no, um, no, no. it's very famous. It's basically <clears throat> the breaking of the ribs, backwards, and the skin and being hooked up to look. Or, like an eagle.
0: Isn't it the lungs as well? Oh, yes, the
1: lungs, yeah. Because you can see,
0: when you find Simon's body, you can see the lungs still kind of moving a little
1: bit. Yeah, I think it was. Don't get me wrong, I might have this completely wrong, but I think the ritual is supposed to be done while the person is still alive. Yeah, I think Um, I've read that too. So it's um, pretty grim. Yeah. I think that is more for the shock value as well, sort of. But then again, with all the runes and stuff throughout, it does show you that this is sort of comes from a Viking yes um, sort of backgrounds and you also this is where you see Josh's foot
0: oh yes of course it's sticking out. it's very comically sticking out the sticking ground out the it looks ground. like a cartoon yeah. like if they fall off a tall building and yes. land head first yeah. it's a bit funny um and then Simon um Christian gets knocked out at this point yes um, wait, that's when
1: he finds Simon's Simon body. yeah and he's knocked
0: out and then we're pretty much in finale territory from this stage onwards really once um yeah. once Christian gets knocked out yeah
1: so literally after this it is the Coming Up to the finale scene, so you see the bear that yep. has been obviously killed, no. um, and they're taking out all the organs, um, which we don't know what for at this point, yeah. but obviously removing all the organs. You see them going towards the yellow building again,
0: yeah,
1: and you have the main woman talking about the sacrifice and the people that are going to be involved in that
0: yeah well they have the whole um like when they wake christian up after being knocked out and they tell him that like he can't move or do anything and stuff they have like a whole sort of speech and danny's like sitting on a sort of throne thing but she's literally like she looks like a wedding cake like she's She's covered in flowers she's covered in flowers (laughs) she's come out in the flowers like a big snail it's really funny um and then they have a whole big speech about how like sacrifices work like um
1: so you have two people that have been brought in yeah um, you have two villagers that give themselves up for the sacrifice. So yeah. That is um
0: It was Pelle's brother,
1: brother and thing. I'm not sure who the, the gentleman I think, I think it
0: was just some other villager. Um but like Pelle gets some kind of like special commendation for bringing in like some great sacrifices this yeah, like you no. know, um like employee of the month like yeah. you done good this time. So <laughs> then you
1: also have everyone else that's been killed off. So you've got Josh um, you have uh, Simon things? and Connie. Simon, and Connie, and um, Mark, Mark. Mark. Um, so they're all included, um, and then you've got one person who is chosen. I yes. So, so, I can't remember. Yeah. So yeah. It's the so the last one is the one person that's chosen. Yeah. So they, I love, like they have like a bingo wheel.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> know why they they'll have that. Yeah.
1: It's it's great. Um, with all the. Different runes on the balls. Yeah. Um. But so they say that it's either chosen by this. It's or the
0: villager from the bingo thing, or the, it's. Danny's. Or yeah.
1: Danny gets to choose whether it is this person from the village or someone of her choice. Yeah. So you've got Christian at this point just in a bear, like in a catatonic state. Yeah. Um. Also, elements of it. You've got the the animal suits in the Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like the bear costume. Yeah. Um and Definitely. even um,
0: when Mark's body gets wheeled in, like he's wearing a, a fool's hat with twinkly yes, bells the on gestors, it, which is exactly obviously the same thing. Skin things.
1: the fool, yeah. and you have the fool that's in the Wicker Man. Exactly. As well. yeah. So like little elements which are kind of nice little. I mean, it's as I say, it's all a ritual thing. Yeah. So this is all historically um, all characters and stuff. Um. So then, of course, Danny's sort of just like yeah you know what
0: yeah <laughs> just i mean g-
1: get rid of him finally
0: apparently um I'm, I'm sure this was an imdb trivia or something but like for the last like 20 odd minutes of the movie apparently there's not a single actual word of dialogue spoken by Danny or Christian for the last part of the movie like oh no i can't yeah, yeah, i
1: can't think of and
0: i think that's why it's kind of a little bit exhausting not like an, uh, you know not that dialogue needs to be carried by everything like you know think about like a great movie from the year before um, annihilation the entire Like, the last 30 minutes of Annihilation has absolutely no dialogue, Mm -hmm. which is great, and that's such a great scene as well. Um, But sometimes it would just be nice just to, like, you know, even Annihilation doesn't have that. People speak at the end.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, I get that you don't, uh, by this point, you don't really need to say much more. No, exactly. Uh, It is sort of just the element of what's happening, and that's it. So, obviously, and then everyone gets taken into this building, everyone is placed, and Christian's placed right in the middle in the bear suit. And you see, obviously, that this is the scene where they're going to burn the building. Yeah. Um, with everyone inside. Oh, there's also the great. <laughs> I find I found it. It's sort of like a dark humor thing. But um, so the villagers that give themselves up. So you've got Peli's brother and this oh, yeah. gentleman. Is this
0: the yew tree? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they get going about with the
1: yew tree, and they're told, "Oh, this will you will feel no pain. Yeah. This will get you through it." And they're all sort of calm and collective. And then as soon as the fire comes you sort of realise that yeah. that does nothing yeah. <laughs> and straight away you see their faces and the horror on their faces you realise yeah. that like, that was kind of bullshit and yeah. they are going to feel pain. and um,
0: it is like I, I certainly know what you mean like I don't know if it is it's almost like it's kind of a direction where it's like oh my god these people are actually evil kind of thing but it's like I guess they are I guess I don't know it's, I mean it's I don't know thing. if
1: it's just with like comforting them that yeah. they're just like yeah. oh this will do because they're uh, pretty horrendous but uh, yeah so all this happens it goes up in flames another like the wicker man the the burning and the sacrificial people and then you get the big scene at the end with Danny where she's finally smiling
0: yeah it ends with her smiling but like as everything's burning as well like all the villagers and stuff are screaming again and she's screaming with them just kind of like it was earlier in the house like it's a unit they're a family so like their pain is all shared their experience is all shared and she's kind of like with no um no boundaries now just kind of fully accepted it and is kind of joining in with them and yeah. then she looks on to the hot and smiles and the movie smash cut ends
1: yeah.
0: um and that's um midsummer
1: yeah i mean <laughs> it's a lot more of a tiring film like yeah. uh, emotionally like and mentally by the end of it you feel yeah you feel exhausted yeah. whereas i think the wicker man not that doesn't necessarily to do with the length it's yeah. just a, just subject matter like whereas the wicker man is like an hour and a half
0: yeah
1: it's nice and short and sweet and it gets everything wrapped up within that yeah. time um it is not too emotionally draining no uh, the last scene obviously is like pretty horrific yeah. um whereas midsummer has a lot longer has a lot more drawn-out scenes and emotionally is like a roller coaster. Like, it's a bit exhausting.
0: Through. It's the same with Hereditary. Hereditary is exhausting too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, like, if we were just talking about our feelings of Midsommar first before we sort of get to sort of defining whether it's a good double feature or not. Um, I mean, I think Midsommar is a perfectly well-made movie. Um, it has its moments. I will say that I like it, but I certainly don't love it. Um, I think it has a lot of problems. I think, you know... I think you think about someone who's making horror movies today, someone like Jordan Peele, who is making movies where you can go back and you can see all these finer details that you missed, and that the story is there for you to take apart outside of the actual moment to moment narrative if you go looking for it. Yes. Um, and Ari is doing something kind of similar, but with this, I feel like, as I've sort of already said, I feel a lot of it is kind of given to you almost front and center too much, and there's yeah. not a lot of legwork that the viewer has to do I to get mean, that information. Yeah, I
1: mean, there is a lot of things that obviously would be a rewatch that you wouldn't mm-hmm. miss um, because, because, yeah, which happened, but because there is so much there, there's yeah. a lot of things that you'll catch each time you watch it. But like yet again to compare the two films, there's little bits in the Wicker Man that are that mean a lot towards the story. Yeah, but none of it is specifically pointed out yeah like it's all sort of just it's little implied, bits yeah. implied into it um and the only thing that really is given to you is when he's reading the books yeah, yeah. about the history and stuff of it whereas yeah midsummer it's a lot more yeah. handed to you it will show you a
0: tapestry and it will linger for a long time to tapestry, make sure that you get yes. that information because you know that it's going to happen and then you don't feel like you don't feel any sort of sense of reward when that comes to happen like mm-hmm. with the with the love potion thing. It's like it lingers on it for so long that you pick up the information. And you're like, right, okay. every
1: single element yeah. of the love potion you realise, and then when it happens, uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's just like, it, oh, that came true, wow. But no, like you know, it's
1: I know, like I do, like I do get it. Um, I don't think it's badly done. No, I think it's um, definitely for a newer sort of horror film. Yeah, it, it was very good for its time. Yeah, um, obviously mixed. Mixed reviews of it because obviously it's not necessarily a class- like a, a it isn't like modern horror films. Yeah. I mean, none of Ari Aster's, um, well, Hereditary or this no. is very normal. So you get a no. lot of audience going in, obviously expecting a horror film, and coming out and being like, oh, that wasn't a horror film. Whereas it's not really what it's about. Yeah. Um. I mean, the same as The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man isn't really a horror film until no, the not. last.
0: Um, the well, last I mean, scene. We've already mentioned it. Obviously, Robin Hardy told everybody um, that they were making a musical with The Wicker Man, and I'm pretty sure at one point as well they said that Wicker Man was more of an art film than anything else, mm-hmm. which it definitely kind of is. Oh for the yeah, 100. Um, I think like you know, I think it's the audience that kind of hijacked The Wicker Man later on and said that it was a horror movie. Yeah. Um, which I still think it is, regardless. Yeah, I mean, no, like, no, you can no. still like, be scary without mm-hmm. actually having to be inherently horror.
1: Oh, and I think the the difference as well is in Midsommar. You get a lot more shock scenes. Yeah. Whereas in The Wicked Man, there is, because of the final, the final scene is so shocking because there's nothing really yeah. else in the film as shocking as that. Yeah,
0: there's little bits, um, but...
1: There's little bits, but nothing. Whereas no. in Midsommar, you've got the, the, god, the, the, the cliff scene. Yeah, the cliff scene. Which is quite close to them, obviously, getting to the village. Yeah. So it's there. You've got, when you find the bodies. Yeah. You've got all these little bits that are sort of shocking, so that when it comes to the end, obviously it's a big finale. Yeah. But you've already had really gruesome moments. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, so I, I, it's not that I don't feel like it has the ending is as, as massive. Yeah. Like it is still a, a massive ending and a big conclusion to the whole story. But I feel like the Wicker Man, it's it works better because it is just so it's not out of the blue but yeah. you realise the whole film is leading to something yeah. and then when it is it's such a shock and mm-hmm. it obviously was talked about that some of the actors didn't know yeah. um, that scene they um, especially
0: least Edward Woodward said that yeah. he didn't want to see the location of the final yeah. film so that his um, reaction the on camera is, was more natural Yeah, um, um, which comes across that way
1: definitely. 100% so uh, things like I think that works better in that sense Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't have to really see say out of the two which one works better. I mean, I think that we both would agree mm. that the Wicker Man. Yeah. Not just because it's a classic, but I feel like that is when you you ask people about folk horror. Yeah. That's the film everyone will yeah. say.
0: And I think um, a big part of folk horror as well is that um, there's almost nothing at nighttime. Um, the majority of it is in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really a large aspect of it. And I mean, um, does The Wicker Man and Midsummer work as a double feature for folk horror? And I would say, the, for the most part, it does. I think it's an interesting yeah. study to be, you know, especially because folk horror is an old genre, but it's also quite a scant genre. There's not an awful lot no. of it. Um,
1: So you only have a, a, few, yeah. a few movies, and I think these two are two, two movies that if you were to say, like, oh, what would you say is the biggest sort of folk horror films yeah. that you've seen obviously these two are probably the ones people yeah. are going to talk about a lot um,
0: but I think especially for like Wicker Man has a bit of a one-up advantage on that being that it's made by you know well Mostly English people, but it's made sure. in Scotland. It has a lot of Scottish people in it, mm-hmm. and it's made, you know, by people who are you know native to the UK essentially. Yeah. Um, Midsummer is a folk horror um, directed and written by an American using um, culture from Sweden. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I think like I don't, I don't know anything about history or that kind of thing, so I don't know how sort of accurate. I think he said that he's obviously relatively well read into it. Like mm-hmm. he done his research and stuff, and that's good.
1: I mean, um, as as I said before, like a lot of folk horror. I mean, it is British. A lot of like Scandinavia as well has yeah. its, it does have its mm. folk stories and tales, um, but yeah, as you say, like taking an American director, there's American actors, yeah. um, one the leads being British, yeah. um, and then setting it in Sweden. Yeah, it's o- almost com- different elements yeah. come together for a film. Whereas as you yeah you say, The Wicker Man yeah. is all British Pe- people that obviously know. British culture yeah. and the sort of stories that you do hear in this, um, people will have heard. Mm-hmm. So it's it feels a bit more natural.
0: Yeah. Um, and I mean overall, like as a double feature I think it does work for the most part. It has that benefit of, you know, being well, workman being so old and Midsummer being so recent, to sort of see how modern audiences would take that um genre and sort of adapt it to sort of today's standards mm-hmm. and stuff as well. Like, you know, again I think a big downside to Midsummer is that it, for the most part it tries to be a breakup movie when it probably has a much better time just being a movie with the theme on family and mm-hmm. um, that kind of breakup thing i think kind of muddies the water a little bit whereas like woodwickerman is one singular theme kind of throughout yeah um but it takes that theme and adds like the dimensions through it so it's not just about like sort of one aspect of religion versus another it's that um in their religion he is all of these things he is the fool he is the um the champion yes. he is the virgin and stuff as well um so there's like it's one theme but there's a lot of layers to that whereas mm-hmm. Midsummer could have had it couldn't really it decide theme, what it yeah. wanted and then it kind of goes all out on just one at the end when it could have just gone all out on one throughout instead of having a little bit extra here yeah. and there um, overall I do think it's a perfectly successful double feature and I think anybody should sort of give it a go I know that um, Ari Aster movies have been quite popular especially with um, the box office and stuff as well and with A24 releasing these things as well they mm-hmm. actually make sure that these kind of movies get are out seen. to a much larger yeah. audience and stuff as well um, there's really not at the risk of sounding like a hipster there's really not much that A24 releasing that just isn't absolute dynamite um, true, whether or not yeah. it's horror regardless um, I'm really excited for Green King or is yeah, it The Green Knight?
1: I can't remember Green, Green King?
0: I think so I think. Yeah.
1: but yeah no they've, they have done they are especially for modern mm-hmm modern movies yep. they have done very well it right? comes at night yes of yeah.
0: course your favourite ghost story
1: what ghost story yeah, yeah yeah
0: I'm joking you hate that
1: oh goat, as in oh no I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of ghost no as in oh god I absolutely hate that <laughs> but not just oh, but I'm not gonna even going to go into tangent. that like um, but yes A24 definitely whenever we see a film being yeah. advertised that they've got something coming out yeah. we definitely do make the effort to watch it yes um,
0: I don't think there's anything more to be said, really. I don't want to talk no. about Midsummer anymore. But
1: definitely, if you were to sort of choose two films to watch back to back to a back, double feature, would highly probably recommend yeah, these. Yeah, it works two.
0: out just fine. Um, yeah. Again, we didn't watch the director's cut of Midsummer. I don't know if that's <laughs> um, worthwhile or not. If that's what you want to do, then fair enough. Um, from I think, especially
1: for time wise as well, you think it's long it, enough already. If they were both an hour and a half, yeah. it'd be fine. Um, mm-hmm. But because of the length of Midsommar, yeah. we tried to do it.
0: Even the cut of um, the Wicker Man the Wicker that we yeah. watched was like the normal cut is fine. Um, the director's cut that we have watched is also fine, um, but it doesn't add anything that I think is one hundred percent. It doesn't. It doesn't really add too much to it yeah. to make it any more worthwhile than it already is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's completely fine by itself. Um, it isn't. It wouldn't be successful if it was today. If it wasn't for the cut that was released. Yeah, anyway. of course. Um, so yeah.
1: But yeah. So
0: Well, thanks for listening to this one. Um
1: and, uh, if we, are we gonna say what the next one is or just wait till we
0: Um We're not we won't say. Um just know that I'm very excited. Um this one in particular I've been looking forward to doing since we started mucking around with this idea of starting a podcast. And one of your favourite One of, of the Well, I, it's funny that um one of them was in my top five favorite films of 2018 and the second one is currently with the way that 2020 is going is currently still my second favorite movie of 2020 so yeah i'm really looking forward to talking about it we're going to take a different approach with this one um this double feature is going to be focused on um a director more than a style or a theme or a genre or anything um so it's going to be really good really looking forward to it yeah so cool so in that case we'll see you in the next one
1: see you next time